one more day. That's all we'll have to wait until we know who the next quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts is going to be. It's going to be a crazy one, so let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast, presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by my fellow writer and co-host at HorseshoeHuddle.com, Drake Wally. I'm live here in Kansas City, made the trek out here, literally got to my hotel about 45 minutes uh, from now, uh, or, or till now to got settled in and uh immediately going live with this show drake how you doing literally in almost 24 hours about 26 hours or so we are going to know who the next quarterback of the indianapolis colts is and then we've got the whole rest of the weekend to see which other rookies will be joining the colts how you doing man how you feeling on nfl draft eve I am freaking out a little bit. It is, uh, it, it's, it's not just the quarterback. You're, you're, you've got defensive back needs. You've got wide receiver needs. You've got O-line depth needs. Like you've, you've really got an interesting draft for the Colts because then even positions like defensive end where you're like, well, you've got Odangbo and you've got uh, Ebicom and you've got Quiddy Pay. You can't pass on some of these freakish athletes at defensive end. So you, you're like hoping they also pick one of those guys. There's just so much excitement. I'm taking tomorrow off. I, Friday, I'm going to be watching. Saturday, I'm going to be watching. It is going to be pandemonium. I can't wait to see who they assemble with those nine picks. And we're going to have so much content coming out uh, on the channel on horseshoehuddle.com. You guys are going to want to be locked in. DSG Goodbar starting us off right with a super chat. We hey. really appreciate you, buddy. Almost time for spring football Christmas. You're 100%. <laughs> Right. Draft miss. Uh, exactly. Truett is here talking about all the mocks. And that's what our episode today is going to be about. Drake and I are each going to give our final mock drafts the day before the draft. And it's going to be a fun one. Tom Williams says, please let them select Anthony Richardson. A lot of fans want Anthony Richardson. Stats Matt saying, taking the day off, Drake. How dare you? Well, Stats Matt, maybe you should take the day off, buddy. Enjoy draft miss. Uh, we got CMDSR as always dabney is here tina is here rich wheeler is here wyatt law is here we've got the whole squad intact and the whole squad already knows what i'm gonna say next go follow us on all the things go ahead and like horseshoe huddle on facebook go ahead and follow at colts on fn on twitter subscribe to the youtube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live destin shot are going live literally right after us today at 7 p.m eastern uh a little double episode uh on the horseshoe huddle youtube channel the night before the draft drake and destin are going to be live all throughout the first round tomorrow night be sure to be locked into the horseshoe huddle youtube channel while you're watching the coverage they'll be going to give live reactions to each and every pick and you'll certainly be want to be wanting to watch when the Colts are up at number four, or maybe even sooner. We'll, we'll have to see what happens here. And if you guys would like to listen to us, we're also on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below. Go ahead and check that out. So today, Drake and I are going to do our own mock drafts. I posted mine on horseshoehuddle.com earlier this morning. I know Stats Matt was a little upset that my guy or his guy, Cody Mock, was not involved in it this time. Uh, Drake, I think we can both say how uh, we can both say that it's going to be a very unpredictable draft. Uh, I would be happy if I got maybe two of the names that I put in this mock draft. If I get three, I think I'm going to be ecstatic. What do you think? Well, I, I think that especially given what Ballard typically does and how really just if we're being at, as at the simplest form, draft day always brings absolute insanity with some kind of pick, some kind of selection. And it's almost always in the first round that you see the most aggressive moves made. So uh, we already saw Carolina trade and we've already seen some quarterbacks signed like Rodgers and Garoppolo. So did that switch up how teams are trying to you know, draft? Now you're hearing Tennessee wants a quarterback and Seattle and potentially Baltimore. So it, I, I think it's going to be a while. I'm right there with you. If I can get two or three on mine, I'll be pretty happy guy. 
Absolutely. And guys, there's still time to go and order the Indie Draft Guide as well. So that way you can be up to date on every single one of these prospects. Over 225 different scouting reports on all of these guys leading up to the draft and how they fit with the Indianapolis Colts. Again, the link is in the description. If you want to grab that before the draft this weekend, I'd highly recommend it. It's what Drake and I have been using all offseason on these guys, and and you're going to want to use it tomorrow and, and all through the weekend as the Colts are taking these guys. So without further ado, we've talked enough. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. We're going to start out in round one. And and really, there's no debate on what position the Colts are going to be taking here. They're going to be taking a quarterback. The real debate is which quarterback is it going to be? Are we going to see a possible fall of C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State? Will the Colts go with the super athletic quarterback uh, with maybe the highest upside in this class and Anthony Richardson. And then there's Will Levis, a guy that is very polarizing, uh, has is a, is a really good athlete, has a cannon for an arm and, and, and kind of just as Peyton Manning said, uh, was genetically built in a lab to be an NFL quarterback. So great options all the way around. Drake, I'm going to have you kick us off here. Who are you taking with the first pick of the Colts in the 2023 NFL draft. Is there a trade up? Are you going to stick at four? What's going to happen? So for me, I, I know that everybody was talking about, I'm, I'm trying to think like Ballard and also kind of what I would want to do if I was the GM. First off, they're going to stay at four with my mock draft. <clears throat> I think that he's been patient up to this point. Could it happen on draft day? Of course, but I really think they're going to stay at four um, because I don't think the Texans are going to take a quarterback. And I think that they're going to be able to just kind of sit there and have three guys potentially at their disposal. However, as much as I think that CJ, CJ Stroud does stick out to them, I think that Anthony Richardson sticks out more. I think that they take Anthony Richardson from the University of Florida with the number four pick in the first round of the NFL draft. And they solidify that franchise quarterback. Right. I, I mean, it's it's a great pick. It's a great pick. And honestly, I'm right there with you. Now, in my first two mock drafts, I had the Colts trading up to the number three pick with the Arizona Cardinals. But as we've gotten closer to this draft, it just seems more and more likely that the Colts are going to be able to stay at four and, and get the guy they want. And, and I think with how everything plays out in this draft, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson there at four. I mean, Richardson, honestly, he could he really could be the alien that the Colts have been searching for at the quarterback position since Andrew Luck retired there in, in 2019. I mean, Richardson is arguably the most athletic quarterback prospect the NFL has ever seen. Um, he's got a combination of size, speed, explosiveness, has the strongest arm in the class, and, and really he's got that arm that that makes you have to cover every single blade of grass out there on that field. Uh, and obviously Richardson is not the perfect prospect. I mean, the completion percentage is, is alarming. Um, and he does have some issues with his mechanics and accuracy, some decision-making that he's going to need to clean up. Um, but when you really dive into the film, He's not nearly as raw as as people might think. Um, you see him making those full those full field reads, being able to dissect a a defense, his pocket movement, uh, his feel in the pocket. That's a that's something that you really can't teach, and and it's something that when you really dive into the best quarterbacks in the NFL, that's an innate innate trait that they just they just have. Um, so when you when you combine all of that together. Plus, I mean, you towards the end of the year last year with Florida, you've seen how he improved with those reps, uh, and, and as he got more experience, you saw that improvement. And I think with with Shane Steichen there at the helm, and and as his experience, and he's proven he can take a quarterback that's that's kind of raw in Jalen Hurts and turn him into an MVP candidate and. Uh, the top five quarterback in the NFL with the way Richardson is wired and, and how hard he works and how dedicated he is to his craft. I mean, how many times did he say in this draft cycle that he wants to go out there and be the best quarterback of all time? You combine that all together. And, and honestly, I think the sky's the limit with, with Richardson in Indy. I, I don't see, I think it's way more likely that Richardson hits his ceiling in Indianapolis than he hits, than he would hit his floor. Now, 
do I think that would happen anywhere like in other places? No, I think Richardson has to be in the right situation in order to reach that. But I think with the combination that the Colts have as far as coaches and, and, what they can put around Anthony Richardson, I honestly think this is the best place for him. And if he does reach his ceiling, you're going to have a quarterback that can compete with the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, uh, the Justin Herberts in the AFC for the next 10 to 15 years. And that's what the Colts need out of this quarterback selection. Well, and look, there's um, I can't take credit for saying this. There, there's a there's a fan of the show named uh, Colts fan Cole on, on Twitter who actually said something really interesting on the, on why he wanted Richardson. Get the guy who's got the highest ceiling because you need that against the AFC. Okay, it's mm-hmm. very simple. Now you have Aaron Rodgers to deal with. Okay, I mean the AFC is just chocked full of quarterbacks that can destroy you. Not to say the NFC is not competitive, it is, but the AFC has the quarterbacks. And so you need to have a guy that can go out there and duel it out with a guy like Mahomes, duel it out with a guy like Allen, potentially a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who who has now Calvin Ridley and might have Zay Flowers for all we know. So it's like you really have to get the guy with the mobility, with the athleticism. You got to take the chance on the traits and the highest ceiling that I've seen in some time with Anthony Richardson. So Obviously, I like that pick, too. Rich Wheeler says, AR is the vibrant personality and talent. I want to inject some spark and spotlight onto this franchise. Uh, Tina Hauser says, we need a mobile quarterback, and that's exactly what Anthony Richardson is. Christine says, some some of you will make all the excuses for Richardson. There are no stories of Richardson's hard work. Saying it isn't the same. That's I'm, I'm sorry, Christine. That's just not true. Yeah. I mean, you've heard numerous stories from his coaches there in Florida, uh, from people on the outside that have worked with Anthony Richardson about his hard work, about his passion, about his leadership. Uh, I mean, there was at one point in the in the middle of the season when the the Gators were starting to slide, and Richardson stands up in front of the entire the entire team. And says, you know, this is on me and this is on all of us. We were putting out a sorry effort out there. I don't like your guys' body body language. And, and if you guys aren't all in, then you need to go somewhere else. And he didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. I mean, from there, you heard from all of his coaches that Anthony Richardson, uh, he had already been doing this, but he even took it a step up as far as being the first one in, last one out. Practices became harder. And that's when you really started to see Anthony Richardson towards the second half of the season. I mean, he, he his touchdown-to-interception ratio uh, completely jumped and completely flipped. So there are stories out there. You're, if, you, if you don't know them, that's fine. But just to say that that it's making stuff up, you're not looking hard enough. There's plenty of stories out there for Anthony Richardson. Um, now, I do think it's going to be interesting if it's between Anthony Richardson and if C.J. Stroud is still on the board there at number four uh, when the Colts are picking. Uh, do I think it'll come down to uh, – I think it will come down to C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. And it's it's going to be, and I'm sure the Colts have already had this discussion. Uh, it's probably been a, a one that's that's a lengthy discussion because I think C.J. Stroud could also be easily a top ten quarterback in the NFL with a guy like Shane Str- with Shane Steichen. I mean, C.J. Stroud, you guys that have been watching the show all offseason now know that C.J. Stroud is my quarterback one in this class. So if if C.J. Stroud is on there, I would lean C.J. Stroud. Uh, I, I think that he, with with the group there, he could reach his ceiling as well, which again could be top five quarterback if you can get that Georgia CJ Stroud out of him consistently, and that's a big if. There's a big if with every single one of these quarterbacks. Can Anthony Richardson reach his his very very high ceiling? Can CJ Stroud become the guy consistently that we've seen against Georgia? Those are huge ifs, and it's going to take the player working hard and to to really recognize that and you're going to see how this coaching staff can can put the work can put the group behind them uh, and develop the plan for that quarterback it's going to be very very interesting because i would not be surprised one bit if if cj stroud is available there at number four that that ends up being the pick for the indianapolis colts yeah, and you know, I, I I gotta agree with you, especially after hearing so many narratives have kind of switched on who Carolina really traded up to number one to get. 
Um, it, it really seems like if he is available, it's going to be hard for Steichen, for Ballard, for, well, I mean, Ballard and Ursay not to say, man, the accuracy, it literally is right there. A guy like him, you could hit the ground running pretty quick. And also, I just wanted to address one thing. Every one of these quarterbacks has something to prove. Bryce Young has to prove he's not small enough. Will Levis has to prove he can make all the throws and he can hit his ceiling just like Anthony Richardson does. You know, and C.J. Stroud has to prove he's mobile enough. And like you said, he can lift him, lift up his team in pressure moments. So each one of these guys has a lot to prove in the NFL because none of them are that generational Andrew Luck, Dan Marino kind of talent. Gibson Levi, shout out to Levi, says we love Stroud, baby. Uh, he's got, we got a Stroud fan. We've got Anthony Richardson fans. Uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting tomorrow night, but, but let's move on to the, the second round of the NFL draft where this could be a perfect trade back opportunity for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, to gain more draft capital if they see fit. Drake, what do you think happens there in the second round for the Colts? So uh, forgive me, I actually have to look at my, my notes here. So I, I do think that they like Keely Ringo. However, I think that there is the off chance, not saying that they would still take him even if he was there, but I think there's the off chance he might not be. And I do think that in my mock draft, I've got them trading back with Tampa Bay to receive a 2024 sixth round pick from Tampa Bay. Tampa would then choose an edge rusher and the Colts because they need an edge rusher. So the Colts would take cornerback Julius Brents from Kansas State and bring the hometown boy back home. Wow, that's that. I think uh, in terms of in terms of the getting back that for the trade value, I, I think I would want the Colts to get a little bit more than just a sixth round pick. Um, but it's interesting. I, I do love Julius Brents though. The pick that you have, Julius Brents, I think would be a nice cornerback addition, long, athletic guy. Nathan, we really appreciate the super chat, man. Uh, you're always uh, yeah. a huge supporter. We we love to see it. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, he asked, "What if Ballard trades out of?" before nathan i really can't see it I, I honestly cannot see chris ballard trading out of four uh partially because i mean in all the reports there's there's a lot of people that that that, that or there's a lot of reports that that the arizona cardinals are having trouble uh even trading out of number three so if, if that's the case i don't think there's really going to be that much of a market for people to come up to uh for the Colts to trade back. I, I don't see it happening. Uh, the Colts are going to stick at four or they're going to trade up. That's, that's what everything that, that I've heard. Um, there has been no, zero discussions uh, about trading back. It would have to involve probably multiple first round picks for the Colts to even consider that. And that, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think we can put all the thoughts of if the Colts are going to trade back. I know Ballard likes to tease about that. Uh, I just don't see that happening. So I think we can, we could really put those thoughts to bed. Yeah. And to make it, make it very brief. Yeah. He's, you know, he likes to, he, he likes to get the bargain. He likes to get, you know, the, the bang for the buck, but just to put it very simple, his job is on the line. He can't, he's got to get a quarterback, got to get a quarterback. He can't rely on Gardner Minshew. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go cornerback as well, Drake, uh, at this pick, but I'm not going to trade back. Uh, in my previous, again, I'm in my previous mock drafts, uh, since I had the Colts trading up to get their quarterback, I had the Colts trading back from 35 to recoup some of that draft capital that they lost. Um, but since I have the Colts staying at four, I think it's more likely that they stay at 35 if the right player is available. And I think, I'm sorry, stats, Matt. I know you wanted it to be Cody Mock. Uh, but with the, the dire need that the Colts have at the cornerback position uh, with really only having two star starting caliber players at the position on their roster, I'm going Keely Ringo out of Georgia. I, I think he is one of the only players. I do think Cody Mock would be one of the others, but I think Keely Ringo uh, is one of the only players that would if he's available there, the Colts would stick at 35 and, and take him, especially because the Colts have shown such a high interest uh, in the Georgia cornerback all throughout the draft process. I mean, the Chiefs, uh, chief scouting executive or chief personnel executive, uh, Morocco Brown, was at his pro day. Um, his Ringo's athleticism is off the charts, and he's got the size and the length that the Colts love at the cornerback position. Only 20 years old, so he's young, just like Anthony Richardson. Uh, plenty of room to grow. He has some issues in man coverage, but he really thrives back in zone where he can make plays on the ball. And 
would be a perfect fit in Gus Bradley's defense and, and probably be a starter on the outside from day one. So I think if Keely Ringo is there at 35, that's going to be the pick for the Colts. I love that pick. I think that Keely Ringo has the potential to be a nasty cornerback. Now, like you said in the last episode, actually, the Colts did sprinkle in a little bit of man defense in there. So rest assured, he's going to have to learn how to play man defense against some nasty outside threats. But he's got the physicality and the build that if he can just connect everything, he could be a really good cornerback in the NFL. Absolutely. Drake, let's let's move to the third round. Uh, the, the, do we expect a trade back here uh, or do you think the Colts are going to stay put uh, where they're at in the third round? Currently, they're set to pick at number 79. See, I, uh, I think in that position, they're going to they're going to stay put. Am I am I giving my pick? Yep. Go ahead. What's your pick uh, for the third round? Okay, I think this was a guy you were pretty high on, and I and once I looked into it, I was like, okay, he'd be a nice fit. I think that with the uh, 79th pick in the NFL draft, the Colts will select wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. I think that Love he that pick. is a wonderful fit. I think that he is a he's a great slot receiver. I mean, he had almost 900 yards, nine touchdowns, 54 catches. Uh, in 2022, he's got a lot of room to grow, and I think that Shane Steichen's offense could be a great place for that to start. Tyler Scott is a burner there. I know the Colts have had a lot of interest and a lot of connections with him um, throughout this whole draft cycle. It's been reported numerous times, plus I've heard it from people that I trust close to the Colts uh, that they're really high on Tyler Scott. If he falls to the third round, uh, I think he'd be it'd be an easy pick for the Colts to take Tyler Scott. It's just going to be whether or not he actually does fall there to the Colts. Uh, I think there's going to be another wide receiver and a guy that I've had in all every single one of my mock drafts up until this point. I think there's going to be a really good wide receiver there uh, at number 79, and that's Jonathan Mingo uh, out of Old Miss. He really fits the build of a Chris Ballard-type receiver. Uh, he meets the size threshold at 6'2", 220 pounds, because remember, while the Colts did sign a smaller Isaiah McKenzie, Ballard has only drafted wide receivers that are over six foot and over 200 pounds uh, since he joined the Colts. And, and Mingo is also an athletic freak. 4.446 40-yard uh, dash, 39-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. Um, he would be that big slot receiver in, in Shane Steichen's offense, solid route runner uh, who can make contested catches, and he's a really, a really big weapon after the catch. And I think that's something that the Colts really like to have, uh, a quality the Colts love to have in their wide receivers we've seen what michael Pittman can do after the catch adding someone like jonathan mingo as well and what do we always talk about with colts wide receivers that they're required to block and the colts really missed that last year without zach pascal and blocking is is one of mingo's best attributes so putting him in the slot allows uh more blocking ability uh can probably help spark some runs uh for for jonathan taylor in the running game possibly anthony richardson in the running game you want to think about that um but with the with the value that the colts place on the size the speed athleticism blocking and not only the need for a slot receiver i think jonathan mingo would be a seamless fit there uh for the colts offense in the third round yeah, and uh, to make it very brief, it's it's interesting. We all were like, uh, there were people that were like, oh, Zach Pascal, 40 catches, whatever. He goes to Philly. Yeah, you also didn't see those 60, 40, 50, 35-yard runs anymore. You didn't see those pop because guess what? Yes, Taylor can make guys miss, but it's a lot easier for him to make guys miss when you have someone in that third level when you're one guy away from busting it loose, blocking that guy, and then you just run right by him. And that's what Zach Pascal did in Philly to help that running game really take off. He was one of the better blocking wide receivers. So Jonathan Mingo, hell of a pig. Love every bit of that. Right. Sky says all the wide receivers are tall. I think we need a speedster. Well, I mean, Tyler Scott isn't that big. I mean, he's 5'11", and he runs a 4'340". 4'46", that's about the speed of Alec Pierce ran last year, and Alec Pierce has quite a bit of speed. So when you're when you're moving at a 4'4 for a wide receiver, that's, that's pretty quick. DSG Goodbar is a psychic. He had Scott and Mingo are his third-round guys uh, starting to become stats. Matt over there who always knows what, but at least I'm thinking uh, – 
anyway. So let's let's move along to the fourth round, Drake. And and I, I I'm gonna go first on this one. Uh, this is this is where my trade happens. Um, I think that the finally on day three we see a Colts trade. So I think the Colts are gonna send their uh, number 106 in the fourth round and their final seventh round pick of number 236 to the New England Patriots to move back oh, 11 oh. spots in the fourth round, but then they gain two sixth round picks out of it as well for the Patriots to jump up 11 spots. So, um, this kind of this makes uh, this gives the Colts an extra pick in the sixth round, eliminates a seventh round pick, and I still think they get a really solid guy on their board. First offensive lineman that gets added, and I think it's Nick Saldaveri out of out of Old Dominion. Uh, Saldaveri honestly could end up being a diamond in the rough for the Colts, and I really do mean that. When you turn on the tape, his size, length, and his athletic ability are all there. Has shown really great promise as both a run blocker and a pass blocker. I think he just needs time i think he just needs time to refine his footwork become more consistent but all the tools are there and and i think he can play both he can be both a swing tackle in the nfl or you could even move him inside to possibly right guard and challenge will fries towards the later part of the year uh, if you want somebody uh, if will fries isn't able to to handle the starting right guard duties and i still think the colts might add somebody in free agency uh, but honestly i think with patience and with the right coaching putting a lot on tony soprano jr or sperano jr excuse me i honestly think saldaveri could develop into a starting caliber player on that offensive line for the colts yeah, and he's also very, very, very much in the way of like learning and willingness to learn and raw ability. He's kind of like Will Fries. It's very interesting. He's one of those later guys that's going to get picked potentially day two, three, and he's going to have a lot to prove. But absolutely love Nick Saldaveri. Uh, for me, uh, by the way, love the trade back with the Patriots. That's awesome. I did not expect to hear that. And speaking <laughs> speaking of that, Donald Campbell, we really appreciate the super chat, my guy. Are you predicting any draft weekend trades from Ballard, either acquiring or selling? I think there would be at least one trade. I know Drake has uh, one trade in his. I have just the one trade in mind that I, I detailed there. Uh, but I would be shocked if the Colts didn't either trade back or trade up for somebody Uh this weekend because Ballard is always wheeling and dealing to either get more picks or if he really likes a guy, he'll move up and, and, and grab them. So Donald, we really appreciate the super chat, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for the support. Drake, what's your, what about your pick here in the fourth round? I, I think that they finally can't deny the level of athleticism that the defensive ends have. And I think that that spells Yaya Diaby for me. I think that that's going to be – Yaya. I think that when you have 14 sacks, uh, you know, in, in your final season before declaring for the draft, I, I think that that's going to definitely pique Chris Ballard's interest. And plus, like you said, they do need depth, especially with Ngakwe leaving town. It's going to be huge to fill that. And I think that Yaya Diaby is going to be one heck of a player. And also he could kind of learn behind a guy like Ebicom because Ebicom's probably the most seasoned veteran out of all the defensive ends outside of Lewis. Yaya Diaby is just such an athletic freak, and I think he would fit in perfectly there on that defensive line um, for the Colts. I mean, he's just uh, he, he was a stud at the combine watching his tape. He's like just a, a fireball out there would really bring a burst of energy to the Colts defensive line. So let's move it along to the fifth round where the Colts currently have three picks in the fifth round. So we'll kind of go a little bit uh, quickly on those kind of a rapid fire for the fifth round. Drake, who do you got for these fifth round picks uh, that the Colts have seemed to stockpile uh, over the, over the last couple seasons or, or even this season? Remember one of those picks comes from the Dallas Cowboys in the trade for Stefan Gilmore. I think that, um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw something else in this one because I picked Nick Saldivari for this one. Nice. But I, I also think that if he if this guy falls, since you already said him, if this guy does fall due to injury and he's still kind of sitting around in the early fifth round, I also would not be surprised if they took a shot on Andrew Voorhees. Um, mm. I, I think that he was probably on their board or at least on on most people's board until that injury. So um, but originally my Nick, uh, my pick was Nick Saldaveri, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Voorhees is just sitting there if the Colts don't take a flyer on him just for the potential when he is and when he is back from his injury. 
DSG Goodbar uh, reading your mind uh, once again. So you got Voorhees there uh, or Nick Saldaveri as one of the picks. Uh, what are your two other picks in the fifth round for the Colts, Drake? So um, I don't have them taking any ba- or like trading any back. I think uh, I think it's I said his name wrong the the, the last episode, but I think it's Caillou Blue Kelly. Yes, um, I, I think that he is going. I think he's sick. I mean, he's like six foot one, six foot two. He's like 190 pounds. He fits that mold. I think that he is one of the more like flying under the radar type of defensive backs. And the Colts, I think they're going to double dip at that position, maybe even another position. Um, but I absolutely love Blue Kelly. And I think that in uh, Gus Bradley's defense, he could really find his footing there with Keely Ringo or Julius Brents. I like that you added a second cornerback because I do think that the Colts are going to add multiple cornerbacks in this draft. We heard from Chris Ballard last Friday, and he said how deep the cornerback class is. And when you look at the Colts, the Colts roster, they even if they do grab a Julius Brents or a Keely Ringo, there's still a need for for more cornerback oh, yeah. help. So grabbing another one in the fifth round, uh, I think Caillou Blue Kelly would be a great fit. So I've got for my three picks in the fifth round uh, of the draft. Uh, I haven't gotten a pass rusher yet. And as Ballard said, you can never have enough pass rushers. Again, he said last Friday in his press conference that there are going to be pass rushers in this draft class that that you can get in the fourth, fifth round, and they're going to be good contributors. And I'm going with that. At at pick 138 in the fifth round, uh, I'm going with Dylan Horton out of TCU. Now, we already know Pay and Samson Abukum uh, are are, – going to be the guys that that probably hold the starting spots on that defensive line but but dylan horton's got some upside he's got all the physical qualities the colts look for in their defensive ends he's long explosive uh got good size to him the length also uh really gives him an edge as a pass rusher and then unlike yannick Ngakwe last year uh dylan horton can hold his own against the run he is still raw as a pass rusher but what do the Colts always do when they're when they're drafting pass rushers? They bet on those high end traits, and Dylan Horton has all the traits needed to be successful in the NFL. Again, high upside will likely start on special teams uh, as a rookie as he continues to develop his game. But I'm really high on Dylan Horton to the Colts. There, uh, my second pick in the fifth round. I saw stats Matt put up Dorian uh, Williams, who I had oh. my first two mock drafts. I think Dorian Williams goes higher than the fifth round. That's the only reason I didn't include him, and I don't know if the Colts will address linebacker before that. I think Dorian Williams has a ceiling of the third round. Um, so I'm going to go with another linebacker that I think really fits the Colts well, and that's Owen uh, Owen Papau uh, out of Auburn. Uh, with Bobby Okereke leaving in free agency, there is a hole there. Colts love long athletic linebackers that can cover from sideline to sideline, and that's exactly what the linebacker out of Auburn can do. Great length uh, cover from sideline to sideline can be a blitzer. And I think while he works on his games and play recognition uh, continues to develop, he can kind of take that EJ speed role uh, on special teams. I think speed will still play on special teams, uh, but you can kind of have that mold of, of, of Owen Papau. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Um, really developing on on special teams so i think that's be the pick there and then my third pick i'm going back to the offensive line because the colts still desperately need depth on that offensive line and while they already took saldaveri in the fourth let's add more depth in the fifth john gains the second the guard out of ucla uh could again another he could be another diamond in the rough great athlete for the position uh i think you guys can see uh, a theme uh, for me, I'm going with all these athletes because that's just who the Colts have shown they love to draft over the years. Uh, showed solid skills in the run game, pass game. He does need to gain some play strength uh, and work on his technique. But if you think about it, what it, those both describe Bernard Raymond. Uh, a guy that needed to work on his play strength, needed to work on his technique, didn't stop the Colts from drafting him last year. And I don't think John Gaines necessarily has to play right away. But I think John Gaines would be somebody that's high on the Colts board late on day three. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously with all of the struggles that the offensive line had, it's it's very good too with nine picks, um, two more than the amount of rounds you even have. It's good to shore up the offensive line. I was going to say for my final pick in the fifth round, I want to bring another 
hometown guy back. I want Cam Jones Ooh, from Indiana University. There we go. Six foot two, six foot three, about 225, 230. He is that prototypical hybrid linebacker, the new age linebacker that can do it all. He's had some struggles with pursuit angles, missing very easy tackles, but overall with the right kind of ability or excuse me, with the right kind of camp and with the right kind of coaching and maybe even just starting him out, putting him in sets, he could get there. He could absolutely get, get into that position of volume tackler or, you know, turnover machine when you need him on a, on a package set. Owen Papau. Thank you, Truett. Uh, hopefully now I can say his name <laughs> correctly. Papau. I, hey, the hell of a name for a, for a linebacker to have awesome. Pau in your last name. So Drake, uh, I know you, you, made the trade to get a 2024 sixth round pick but i have a couple picks in the sixth round uh, after the colts made that trade with the new england patriots so i've got two sixth round picks here and this is where i'm gonna double dip at cornerback for the indianapolis colts i'm going with a small school guy starling thomas the fifth a cornerback out of university of alabama birmingham uab um this is when, again, we're late on day three. The, what what do the Colts really like to draft late on day three? Guys with really big, like really high athletic traits. And what's better than 4-3 speed? Just absolute blazing speed. And that's what Starling Thomas, the fifth, brings to the cornerback position. He's athletic, physical corner that can make plays on the ball. Doesn't have the ideal height and length that the Colts covet. Again, he's about... 510 uh, doesn't have the longest arms uh, but he can play outside or inside in that speed he has the speed to stick with any wide receiver uh, in the NFL would be able to contribute special teams right away as he continues to work on his game provides quality depth it'd basically be Isaiah Rogers 2.0 so the Colts drafted Isaiah Rogers in 2020 you're kind of getting that next iteration of Isaiah Rogers a guy that was is going to be a standout on special teams right away and you can see if he's going to be able to develop into something uh down the road and then my final pick in the sixth round this one was honestly the toughest choice for me uh it's trying to figure out who exactly fits here and i know safety really isn't that high on the colts board but they did lose rodney mcleod last year and and with nick cross coming up to take that starting strong safety position you already have Julian Blackman and and Rodney Thomas the second over there. You can get a guy that's a little bit younger uh, to help develop. And I think Jason Taylor the second uh, out of Oklahoma State would really be a good pick there. He's a prototypical day three pick for the Colts. He's like I said, he's raw in some areas and can give up some big plays. But again. Great athlete, knack for making plays around the ball. Uh, he loves. He's had a couple forced fumbles last year. Known to intercept uh, a ball or two. He can play as a deep safety. He can play in the box. He really has an all-around safety game. He just really needs to to work and and fine tune uh, some of the more technical aspects of his game. Again, a guy that can get reps on special teams right away as he develops, and and someone that could really be someone again almost like Rodney Thomas II. You don't expect him to have a big contribution uh, when he's taken, but a guy that as he develops could really shock and surprise some people and be a solid depth piece for the Colts, not only this season, but for a few seasons down the road. Well, and Rodney Thomas, I mean, he literally led the team in interceptions coming in the late latest of late rounds, which is the seventh round out of a school that no one talks about when they, when they really talk about uh, football or on defense anyway, and that's Yale. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like it's just it's crazy where that talent can sometimes fall. Um, I, I I do love the fact that you got some of those sixth round picks, though. Well done. That was, that was very <laughs> nice. Done, so. it, I, I saw that opportunity there. I saw that the, the New England Patriots have a lot of picks there. And I do know that Bill Belichick likes to be active on on day three. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if that does happen. Uh, Wyatt Law brings up a good point. Don't forget about Marcel Dabo. Yeah. He will be in the conversation as well. Spent all of last season on the practice squad. So we'll see how he does. Like this comment from DSG Goodbar as well. A lot of unfinished products in this draft class. Coach Coaches are going to earn their pay this year for sure. Um, so let's let's move along to the final round, the seventh round in this class. Drake, I think you still have two picks remaining in the seventh round. I only have one pick, so let's alternate. You give one in your seventh round, I'll go, and then you wrap us up. 
So um, for the 221st pick is a guy that I just I, I just love this wide receiver. And my comp for him is Alec Pierce with maybe lighter feet. And he could potentially be a nastier blocker. And that is Andre Iosavas from Princeton. This is a dude who has every single trait you want as a receiver. Watching him at the combine, his hands were just like, they were just the softest hands. Everything just looked so natural catching the ball. I can just see Shane Steichen sticking that dude in the freaking slot as a huge slot guy and just absolutely making defensive backs shake their heads like, what are we supposed to do with this guy? He, he can. I think that he, his ceiling is kind of like Anthony Richardson's, only for a wide receiver. He comes from a school where it was a lot of high balls and Princeton. Okay, it was just vertical offense. That's it. Shane Steichen runs a vertical offense, and I think that if you can fine-tune his route running, you could have one heck of a prospect in the seventh round. I think Drake shared his mock draft with DSG Goodbar before the show because it seems like DSG Goodbar is literally calling out. He said uh, Eosivas or Hutchinson uh, is available. So he is all on it today. Hey, uh, shout out to DSG Goodbar uh, becoming the psychic uh, of, of today's episode. That That's pretty wild. Uh like I said, I only have one seventh round pick available for the Colts, uh, but it's they moved up uh, for, or actually this was the 221. So um, what does Chris Ballard always say? You can never have enough pass rushers. So I'm going to add another defensive lineman. And you think, well, the Colts have enough defensive linemen. Here's a stat. As I was looking through the past Chris Ballard drafts, Ballard has taken multiple defensive linemen in five out of six drafts with the Indianapolis Colts. Really? So you can you can almost book it that more than one pass rusher is going to be selected this weekend for the Colts. So after picking Horton, uh, Dylan Horton out of TCU in the fifth round, I'm going with another athletic, surprise, surprise, uh, but this time it's an interior pass rusher in Dante Stills, defensive tackle out of West Virginia. He's got the body type to play inside and outside on the defensive line. A kind of a tweener almost, but you the Colts love those guys that, that can have position versatility all along the defensive line. Um, and five seasons at Virginia is a little older prospect, but he tallied 23 and a half sacks while displaying really good quickness and agility in his play. Colts may need to test him out, like I said, because he is kind of a tweener to really find where his spot is going to be on this defensive line. Um, but I think he could immediately contribute on special teams right away as he finds that and be really a spark on special teams for the Colts. So, again, can never have enough pass rushers. I think the Colts will, again, select multiple this weekend. Well, and hey, uh, defensive tackle, I know for Colts fans might not sound like sexy picks, but I'm telling you, imagine Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner fresh, way more fresh than they were when they were dominating everyone last year. Now they have far more energy to expend every single down they're playing. So you want to have those interior guys. They already started with Taven Bryan, so love the stills pick. Um, for my final pick, I think the Colts are going to dip and get themselves a running back. I think that they are going to go with a pass catching back, more of like a Don, uh, a Darren Sproles, not even Naeem Hines, because Naeem Hines was lean. The Darren Sproles was uh, kind of like a, a muscular, tiny little hamster. So I think they're going to go with Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. That's going to be the second guy from KSU they, they bring in. Uh, five foot five. So he is. He is a he's literally a hamster, but the dude is <laughs> the dude is everything that they're looking for that they're missed that they missed with with Naeem Hines. And I think he could also play some um, some very interesting roles on special teams. Maybe he could get involved in returns. I just think that they're looking for a scat back again. I think they missed Naeem Hines. Yeah, it, I, I think running back very well could be an option. Uh, the only reason I didn't put running back is and this is no no pre-knowledge or, or anything of what the Colts are going to do, but it just seems like the Colts are very good at finding those undrafted uh, rookie running backs, and I think there's going to be plenty to choose from, but I would not be surprised if the Colts did take a flyer on a running back late. Uh, you said Deuce Vaughn. I'm a big fan of Evan Hall out of Northwestern, who is probably the best pass-catching back in this entire draft class. So as DSG Goodbar says, Vaughn is literally a bowling ball that finds openings in the defense. I think, think that would really be uh, a great pick. Wyatt Law says, I wonder what your selections collective Raz uh, might be. 30. Uh, it's it's probably above – he probably would, would equal out to – probably at least 9.2 i took a lot of athletes but i think that's what the colts are really going to do again yep. they did it last year all the guys they took had a ras 
has had a raz above nine. I think that very well could happen again this year. So let's let's wrap things up here kind of show uh who we did draft in our mock draft because i know you guys we had so many picks probably went one in one ear out the other so for our youtube audience we're going to throw up a graphic here this is drake's mock draft uh drake go ahead and give us a recap uh of your picks here uh and who do you think the colts are going to take this weekend yeah, so obviously number one, I think that they've had their eye on Richardson. They've they've scouted the crap out of him. I think that that second um, that second round, they're going to be trading back to get Julius Brents. Now, I I did kind of think about it. They'll probably get something better than a than a sixth round pick for a second round trade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, round three, Tyler Scott. That's a no brainer for me. It's kind of it's a bigger slot receiver than Isaiah McKenzie, and I think that he's going to be a great addition. Burner. I think that. Yeah, yeah, he's a burner, very fast. Yaya Diaby, I think that they've had their eye on him, similar to Richardson, and I think that his upside is huge to them. I like Nick Saldaveri um, just because he's got that really high potential to even play guard position and and either push Fries to start or supplant Fries as the starter. And then with those uh, two fifth and seventh round, or the last two with the five uh, in the fifth round, uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, I think that he's a physical corner that's gonna that's gonna do very well with Gus Bradley. Cam Jones from Indiana, very athletic, very fast. He's a smaller linebacker, but again. Uh, Shaq Leonard is 225 pounds and he's kind of similar in size too. So you don't always have to have a huge linebacker and those last two picks, Andre Iosavis. I really do think that he could potentially be one of the biggest surprises in this draft. I just think they should take him on the upside alone. And then Deuce Vaughn. I think that they did miss that pass catching specialist, if you will. Deion Jackson did great, but I think they want to push him too. And kind of like we heard Deuce Vaughn is a physical scat back he's not the kind of guy that's just going to avoid contact he will run right through you so those are my picks really like your picks drake i think it's a really well balanced uh draft for the colts uh really love the yaya diaby pick in the fourth round if he's available i think the colts would be all on that so for my picks here i'm going with anthony richardson at number uh four as well i think the conversation gets very interesting if cj stroud is available there at four and would not be surprised one bit if the colts take stroud over richardson uh i think it could get like i said very interesting and i think the colts would probably lean stroud in that scenario but again ballard always says bet on the high-end high-end traits and bet on the upside Anthony Richardson has that alien-like upside that you could compete with the best quarterbacks in the AFC and in the NFL uh, for the next 10 to 15 years if he hits the ceiling. And I think this is the perfect situation for him uh, in Indianapolis. Second round, I go another athletic freak at cornerback, Keely Ringo, a guy who before this season uh, was projected to be a top 10 pick, just fell off a little bit. And I think with him being so young, coming to a defense like Gus Bradley's, he can really find his niche and be a solid number one cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. In the third round, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, that big athletic uh, slot wide receiver that the Colts have been looking for. Great in the running game as well. Just brings such a so many different things to that wide receiver room to really round it out. Fourth round is when I make the tr- uh, I think the Colts will make the trade with the New England Patriots. Get Nick Saldaveri, the off the versatile offensive lineman out of Old Dominion, can play tackle, can be play guard, uh, and I think he's got a really good chance of starting in the NFL. Moving on to the fifth round. Dylan Horton, defensive end out of TCU, an athletic, high upside defensive end uh, who can start on special teams and and become a rotational piece for the Colts defensive line. Owen Papau, the linebacker out of Alabama, athletic, fast, can cover from sideline to sideline, kind of reminds me of EJ Speed uh, and possibly have the same track and development. John Gaines II, the offensive guard out of UCLA, wraps up the fifth round. Uh, Another guy. Depth at offense on the offensive line, athletic, needs to put on some strength uh, and work on his technique a little bit. But I think, again, could, could develop into a solid starting level guard uh, at the next level. Two six-round picks here from the New England trade. Double dip at cornerback with Starling Thomas the fifth out of UAB. Kind of Isaiah Rogers 2.0, in my opinion. And then go to Jason Taylor the second uh, out of Oklahoma State, adding depth to the safety position with the loss of Rodney McLeod. And then, like I said before, 
you can never have enough pass rushers. Dante Stills, defensive tackle out of West Virginia, athletic, can play multiple positions. Uh, just a game wrecker there uh, for the Colts to end the draft. And, and that's our picks. Uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, and Saturday. Uh, I can tell you guys it's just going to be an absolutely wild ride. So that's our show for this evening. Appreciate you guys uh, for coming along. Stats Matt says 26 ish hours until the pick is in. We uh, cannot wait. Shout out to DSG Good Bar, Stats Matt, Sky, Tina, uh, Glareco, Truett, Isaac, Wyatt Law, Nico, uh, Turbo Dur- uh, Duran. Uh, let me see. I want to make sure I get everybody here. Dave, CMDSR, uh, Donald, who gave us a super chat. Nathan, who gave us a super chat. Uh, We love all of you guys. You guys make it so much fun. I'm here in Kansas City. I'm going to try to provide you with the best on-site coverage that I can for HorseshoeHuddle.com. So make sure you check out the site all weekend for all the content we are going to be pushing out all weekend long. Go ahead and like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Go ahead and follow at Colts on FN on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shad and Destin are going live, which in fact don't go far because they're going live in literally nine minutes uh, to do their <laughs> pre-draft episode. Uh, so you might as well just stick around uh, and watch their episode as well. Drake, what are you going to be working on this weekend uh for the site and as the draft comes around so i just released um a piece that says that if stroud is available the colts will probably take him it's an opinion piece but i also just have that gut feeling if he's sitting there they're not gonna re- they're not gonna resist um but i think uh, i'm also gonna be covering the draft grades and um other draft stuff as well but but definitely excited to see who they're going to pick and i can't wait to slap some ridiculously meaningless grades on those uh, on those picks <laughs> awesome and i'm going to be like i said since i'm live in kansas city i'm going to try to get all the quotes and all the stories from the prospects that the colts take as I can provide you with their live reaction to being picked by the Indianapolis Colts and, and what they're hoping to see. Go ahead and go follow Drake at D Walster Drake on Twitter. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night, maybe, or maybe we'll be back sooner than that. If we want to talk about who the Colts take at quarterback, maybe we'll do a special episode on Friday. So make sure you follow us and follow at Colts on FN uh, just in case we do decide to do that. But until tomorrow night, when you guys are watching Destin and Shad, or I'm sorry, Destin and Drake live on the Horseshoe Huddle uh, YouTube channel, happy draft weekend. And guys, we're almost there. Soon we will know who will be the Colts next quarterback.